0: Okay, welcome to the Let's See Grandma Career Warrior Podcast. Our goal is not only to help you land your dream job, but as you know, to help you live your best life. Today, we're going to cover four questions you need to be asking in your career. I had such an amazing time during our last podcast episode with Alex Carter. She was the phenomenal author and also the director of mediation at Columbia Law School. You're going to hear the author discussing some content within her book. The name of that book is Ask for More 10 Questions to Negotiate Anything. These are questions you can ask in a negotiation and in general in your career. And where you're going to be able to use this podcast episode content, you're going to be able to use this episode content with feedback conversations with your boss, conflict resolutions, and salary negotiations in accomplishing milestone, career goals, and even in your personal relationships. So to break down the content here, you're going to hear first me ask about two mirror questions, as Alex likes to call them, but questions you need to ask yourself before going into any conversation that's important. And then you're going to hear two window questions or questions that involve others here that you can ask. So buckle up. This is going to be an action-packed episode. It's going to go by quickly. Get your notepad ready. Let's get right to it. There's some questions that you suggest that we ask for a negotiation. Can we talk about those questions? Because you say it's the best way to negotiate.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, may I just let me back up for a second, Chris, and say that my book has 10 questions. So as as the subtitle says, it's 10 questions you can use to negotiate anything. The first five of those questions are what I call the mirror section. What does that mean? It means that before we sit down with someone else, remember we're steering that most important relationship, that relationship with ourselves. And what does that mean? That means that we're taking a look in the mirror to ask ourselves five great questions that we can use to really stand in our power and our confidence when we go and talk to somebody else. You know, and for your listeners, let me tell you, you think, oh, God, five questions, that sounds intimidating, or maybe is it going to take a lot of time? I use these questions on myself all the time, and these days, I can do it in 15 minutes. And I remember one executive, I I taught a group in London, and he said, this is amazing, Alex, in 15 minutes, I have rearranged my entire week in a way that I think is going to save me days of time. So, take heart. Now, the first question from the mirror section, the first question you should ask on any occasion is what's the problem I want to solve? Why is this question so important? You know, Chris, I think oftentimes people get into negotiation backward. They think what's the solution going to be? So, they're almost like working backward from kind of the the salary. Where right. you want to be thinking you know, what's the reason I'm applying for this job in the first place? You know, what is the problem in my life that I'm trying to solve by this job search? And if I may, I think picking the problem you want to solve is so important all the time. It's especially important in a time of crisis and uncertainty, like the time we're facing now. I think everywhere I turn right now, I'm confronted with problems I can't solve. And a lot of times when we're kind of anxious and unhappy, it's because we're trying to solve the unsolvable problem. And so instead, picking the problem you can solve, you know, let's say you're a local entrepreneur that relied on face-to-face customers, and that business is now gone. People are home. You can't reach them the same way. If you're focusing on how you can get that back, that's going to be a really difficult place to put your focus But instead, if you're thinking about how can I meet my customer where they are now, that is a problem you can solve and it gives you a direction to put your focus and energy.
0: The wrong question to ask is like, how can I take control of the things that you really can't control? I just I'm reminded of the time where I just I'm a I'm a really big gym person. It's important to me because it keeps my um, sanity and my energy levels up. And I was just crushed when the all the gyms everywhere were closed and you couldn't just go anywhere um so i was like what am i going to do all my all my goals they're just completely destroyed i'm not going to be able to achieve what i want to achieve and i saw my um, old trainers post on instagram and he was just posting all these encouraging things like i'm sure he's having a really tough time right now with his situation because his his pretty much his workplace is gone But he was posting an Instagram story about body weight exercises that we can do. So asking yourself what you can do right now, what you are in control of is great. It just goes back to that first question. And I think that's awesome.
1: Yeah, it does. And I I think that, you know, if your listeners wake up every day and ask themselves what problem they can solve today. They're going to find that over time they've made more progress than they think toward those big goals that they're shooting for, but also they're going to feel like you said, you know, happier, more in control and more at peace with the changing circumstances of the world right now.
0: Great. So let's get another sneak preview of your book here. What's another mirror question that we can ask ourselves?
1: Sure. The next question we can ask is, what do I need? And, you know, there are so many different human needs that come up when I ask people this question, and usually I can put them into two buckets, you know, and with permission, Chris, let me use your gym example. OK, so let's say, right, one of the problems you're facing is that your gym has closed, And, you know, so you're trying to figure out another way to, you know, keep fit, right? And keep sane during these times. I would then ask you what you need. And there are a lot of things that I could imagine you might need from a gym situation. So one of them, there's a one bucket that I call the tangibles. So sometimes when I ask people, what do you need? They'll say to me, well, I need to lose 10 pounds, that's a tangible. I need a workout I can do in 30 minutes. Tangible. I need weights. Tangible. They may also say to me some things that I put in the intangible bucket, like, Alex, I need peace and sanity. Intangible. I need a sense of progress in my life, you know, from a physical and health perspective. That's intangible. And so I find that when we consider what we need, that's going to help drive us in negotiation. The fact is that in life, our needs are the things that drive more conflict than anything else because we feel what we feel in life because we need what we need. Our needs are the why they are the motivators of all human behavior. And so the more we know, for example, what you need from a gym situation, from a job, from a conflict that you're having with an existing boss, the more we're going to get a roadmap to help you move forward and figure out your solution.
0: Fantastic answer. Thank you so much. So we got got two mirror questions in there. What's the section after these mirror questions?
1: So the section after the mirror questions is the window section. And that's where, you know, in the mirror section, you're looking to get clearer perspective on yourself. I -hmm. think a lot of times in this world where there's so much news and so much social media, it's really easy to get lost in the noise So much so that we almost forget who we are and what we need. And as easy as it is for us to lose that perspective on ourselves, it's even easier to lose that perspective on somebody else. And so my goal is to help you be able to open up a window to the person across from you and really get to know them and the situation better in a way that's gonna help you negotiate your way to a superior solution. So the second half of the book is the window section.
0: Great, pulling it all together, I love that so much. You got Your mirror section we cover two questions and you got your window section. I want to get just two questions. From the window section here, just to have a conversation about. But what are two questions from the window section?
1: Awesome. Okay, you got it. Chris, my number one question from the window section two words to change your whole life are tell me. Tell me is the number one question you should ask any person, anytime, about any negotiation, anywhere. It is the first question I ask whether I'm working with diplomats at the UN, whether I'm working with lawyers in a contentious legal dispute, or whether I am talking to my nine-year-old daughter at home. The magic (laughs) of tell me is that it's a question that is the broadest way possible to get somebody's perspective on a situation. Let me give you an example. So let's go back to the employee feedback situation. Okay. imagine that, you know, your boss had asked you, why did you do that, Chris? Why did you do that? So anything starting with why is an example of a great question if your goal is to put the other person on the defensive and not get a lot of trust and information. Right. So imagine the difference between your boss saying, why did you do that, Chris? And Chris, tell me, walk me through how you came to make that decision. Tell me your perspective on the review that I'm giving you. It's a huge difference, isn't it? Tell me. I
0: wish wish they said that. I know.
1: (laughs) I have to tell you that when I'm giving feedback or when I'm having a difficult conversation, tell me is the number one question I use because it takes the defensiveness down and it lets the other person know that they are my partner in problem solving this situation. When I go into a difficult feedback situation with a student, and I had that by the way, I had a student last year where there were a number of different research projects, stuff just wasn't working, and I was getting negative feedback from other members of my team. So I went in, I sat down with her, I let her know why I was sitting down, and then I said, I want you to tell me about these projects from your perspective. And I have to tell you, we had such a productive conversation, it built a lot of trust, and that student this year is a leader on my team. She not only rose to the occasion and became a productive team member, but she excelled. And I take it all the way back to that conversation because I invited her to solve this problem with me together. I let her know that I was invested in her success, and she took it and ran with it.
0: Yeah, I'm almost picturing you just side by side with this person, and and metaphorically too, it's like you're you're walking yourself through their thought process. You're putting the you're putting yourself in their shoes so you can understand where they're coming from. But if you're side by side rather than you're just clashing here, you're a lot more likely to have a really productive conversation. That makes a lot of sense to me.
1: You know, Chris, I, I love that you use that phrasing because. When I first sat down with my editor at Simon & Schuster and they asked me what I wanted this book to be, I told them that I wanted the reader to feel like I had pulled up the chair next to him or next to her, and I was working with them as their partner to solve their problems. I love that so much. That's what I do as a mediator. That's what I do as a negotiation coach. To be honest, that's what I do as a professor, and it's what I try to do as a mom and a spouse. You know, I don't need to be sitting above people on a dais or a stage. I just need to be right next to them and to let them know that I am their partner. And to those of you listening, I want you to know that I am your partner for life in achieving your goals. It starts with the book. It doesn't end there.
0: Well, Alex, I'll ask you just one more window question that people can ask for negotiation.
1: Sure. Another negotiation question you can ask people is, this is a magic, magic question, Mm -hmm. what are your concerns? Why is this question so magic? Number one, this is an easier, work-friendly way of asking people about their feelings. I find that when you're in the work setting, or, you know, frankly, even if I'm talking to my spouse— People don't always want to hear, again, what I call the F-word, feelings. You know, if I were to ask, what are you feeling about a situation, that could come off as therapist-y or almost condescending. So instead, (laughs) if I ask, what are your concerns, I'm giving somebody an opportunity to share with me stuff that they otherwise would have kept to themselves. When I tell you this question, asking people, especially where I'm trying to make a deal what are your concerns, is a barrier buster. Why? Because oftentimes, people aren't going to tell you their concerns either about you or what you're offering. And let me tell you, for your job seekers, this is a dynamite question. I once used it because I was looking to be hired by a company as a negotiation trainer. And because I had done my preparation, I was able to really listen to them on the call. And they let it slip that they had never ever before hired an outside negotiation trainer for their company or an outside trainer on any subject. They had an in-house training team. And I thought to myself, and so when they asked me what questions I said, I said, yes, I, I have a question. I heard that you've never brought in an outside trainer before what are your concerns about bringing me an outside professor in to train your people silence. And remember the silence mm-hmm. is a gift. And they said, Oh, we're, we're, so glad you asked that, you know, to be honest, our initial concern was price, but then we decided we were going to get over that. Our big concern though, is how is our training team going to feel about the fact that we're bringing somebody in from the outside. Are they gonna see it as a knock on their expertise and what they can bring to the table? And because I knew that information, I was able to pitch much better. I said to them, you know what? I'm so glad you shared that. In my proposal, I'm gonna list to you the companies I've worked with who have brought me in as their very first outside speaker and why they've done it. And it's because Even training teams deserve to know how to negotiate for their own career. They deserve to be equipped for those internal conversations and to get the latest research just like anyone else. And I have ways that I can work together with inside training teams so that we are celebrating the expertise in the room and also giving them the gift of knowing that the company is invested in their future success.
0: All right, there you have it. These are the four questions that you should be asking within your career as broken down by Alex Carter. I was just so impressed with her as a, as a podcast guest and just really, really inspired and motivated to take these questions into my own life and see how I can personally use them. So the ones we covered today are what problem am I trying to solve? What are my needs? Tell me, which includes the perspective of the other person. And what are your concerns? So think about how you can start using these within your own life. Maybe start with those mirror questions. Think about what problem you're trying to solve right now in your career. Think about your needs as a job seeker. And this will give you so much self-awareness and so much direction that it's not even funny. So once again, if you want to order Alex's book... You can go ahead and do that through Amazon. I'll drop that link within the description. I will also link Alex's social media handles so you can connect with her. Make sure to comment at her and let her know what your biggest key takeaway was. She really would love to hear that from you and make sure to tag me as well. That concludes today's episode. Thanks so much for tuning in and I'll see you next time.